I, I want to share a word with you. Um, and it's going to go along even with this morning and what's taking place. Because if, if, if we're not careful, then our life with God, we try to live our life with God from experience to experience. Right? Um, our, our, our encounters, and we need to have those encounters. We should have those experiences. I'm not talking negatively of that. Um, but I want you to understand as we live in the days in which we live, um, you and I have to be more prepared for what, um, what is coming or what we're going to face as we continue to move forward. That doesn't mean that God's not moving or that God's not going to do something greater, right? So I want you to understand that, that God, the Bible says that gross darkness, darkness, gross darkness would cover the earth. But the Bible says, he says that my glory would be seen upon you. He said, my glory would cover the earth as the water does the seas. So just like this morning, just his presence, just coming and settling in and being so strong in this place, we're going to see more and more and more of that, right? Because that's a place of refuge. That's a place of safety. That's why we're here today, to gather together and encounter his presence, right? And, and to, um, the Bible says that we're living stones. Peter says that, that we're living stones being built together as a habitation of God. So as we gather together as the church and we're offering up the praises, what's the Bible say? It says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So when we're gathered together today, he says, we're two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. I don't know about you, but I, I, I have no interest in dead religion. I have no interest in that. I have no interest in going through the motions, even though I have gone through the motions. But that's not my heart. That's not what I want. I want a, a, a consistent, living, powerful relationship with the Lord. Amen. How many of you can say amen to that? Amen. And so, amen. Um, but I want you to understand, I, I want to, uh, today I'll just take the next few minutes and minister to you about the living word. About the living word. And the reason is, is because our relationship to the Word of God is going to dictate our relationship with God. And I'm going to show you that here in just a minute. But your relationship, your attitude, your perspective, the way you see, the, 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 the value you place upon the Word of God itself is going to be an indication of your relationship with God Himself. Right? Right? And if you're here this morning and you say, well, Pastor Rob, I hadn't really been reading my Bible or I haven't been in the Word. Listen, I'm not here to condemn you. I just want you to see how God's working and how God's moving, right? Because as we see things happen and we see God move, I, I, I've been in the church for a long time and seen plenty of different moves of God, if you will. Um, and moves get weird when people abandon the Word, and they just come looking for an experience. Right? There's nothing wrong with the experience, but we know the experience is right because it lines up with the Word. And so just like this morning, uh, we had a, a, a prophecy given. Well, that's in the Word of God. It's biblical. And there's nothing that was said that doesn't line up with the Word of God. The Bible says to test it and to judge it. You, you see what I'm saying? 
We don't see that that much anymore in the church. And then we see some people, you know, prophesying. I call it prophelying, you know, but right? It's got to line up with the scripture. And so we're going to see, and the reason I'm telling you that is because we're going to see more. I, I, I've, I have always loved the supernatural. And I refuse to abandon that. And I won't abandon it for your comfort. Amen. And I, I don't mean that ugly, but, but there's a lot of churches that abandon those things because to them, it's like, well, it's weird and people don't know what to do. You know, well, the Holy Ghost has been moving and saving people for, you know, however many years, right? And it's the Holy Ghost that does that and draws you. And it's His gifts and His moving that draws you and works in our life. And, and, and not saying that there aren't times where we're kind of not sure what to think about something, but I always tell people, just let's wait and see the fruit of it. Don't get caught up in what you see. Let's just see the fruit of it. Amen. And, and, you know, as, as your pastor, I will promise you this. I'm not going to let, uh, I'm not going to let things happen in a way that's crazy and out of order. Right. But I'm not going to shut the Holy Ghost down either. Amen. So I just want to tell you that, um, because, because of sometimes people come from crazy experiences and, uh, I, I want you to know it's, we have a safe place. Amen. So, but let's jump in here. Matthew chapter four, um, we're going to pick up in verse one. It says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness. It says we're just tempted by the devil. It says, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. And so now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, I don't want to get into all the deeper meanings of, of each one of these temptations, but I, I want to focus on what Jesus said, and that is, as he said, that man shall not live by bread alone, right? So Jesus didn't say that bread wasn't important. He just said that man's not going to live by bread alone. But he did say that man would live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God or from the Father. Every word that proceeds from his mouth, he said that is well how man would live. That's how we would experience and have life is through every word that proceeds from the mouth of God or from the Father, right? And so I want you to understand today that the life that you live and your experience with God and your ability to walk in freedom and joy and peace and strength and, and see the supernatural in a proper way, you, your experience with that is always going to be tied back to the Word of God. And where he says here about that it's, that it's but by every word, I, I notice it doesn't say by some words, right? Sometimes we kind of have that pick and choose. Amen. Come on now. We might as well be real in the house. There's some scriptures we avoid sometimes, right? But he says that shall live by every word that proceeds. That word, word there, is not the word logos where we have the written word. It's actually the word rhema, which is the spoken word. 
So my life is being lived by not just what I read, but the word also that's in my mouth. Right? Why do you think that it's so important to God what we say out of our mouth that he would go so far as to say that we would be held accountable for every idle word that comes out of our mouth? What's an idle word? It's a word that is meaningless. It's aimless. Right? And I'm kind of going off of last week a little bit, but God has given you and I the opportunity as sons and daughters of God to speak the word of God and it to have authority and power in our life. And Jesus is our example that when the enemy came to tempt him, what did Jesus do? Jesus, Jesus didn't run away, right? Jesus didn't call up a whole bunch of people to pray for him. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But what did Jesus do? Jesus took the word of God Right, And we know that he is the word, but he took the word of God and he spoke the word into that situation and he resisted the enemy, right? And was able to move forward in what God had called him to do. He did that three times. And every time the enemy came against him, he took the rhema word, the spoken word, spoke the word back to the enemy and said, you know what? I, I, I am the son of God, but I don't have to prove it. Right? And, and, and the word of God says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. But if you don't know the word, if you don't know the word, if I don't know the word, if I don't have a relationship with the word, I have nothing to resist the enemy with. And you say, well, Pastor Rob, I have the name of Jesus. Yes, you do. You have the name of Jesus. But you have the name of Jesus because it's written in the Word. Are you following me? And many times we're living a defeated life, and it's because we don't know what the Word says, and it's not in our mouth, and what's in our mouth is actually saying more about what the enemy's trying to do than it is about what God has already done or what God will do. Are you listening to me? I'm just trying to help you this morning. So just stay with me. So when we talk about a relationship with the word of God, let's go over to John chapter 14, verse 9. It says, Jesus said to him, now I'm jumping in the middle of these. You can go back and read everything. But it says, Jesus said to him, it says, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? Right? He has seen me, this is Jesus talking, has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. He says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves, right? So the Word of God, when we have a proper relationship with the Word of God, the Word of God actually reveals God. I know that seems, you know, kind of like a duh moment, 
right? But how many times do we try to live for God absent from the Word, and we're trying to figure God out? And instead of knowing what the Word says, we just regurgitate what we've heard somebody else say. Well, you know, God's mysterious. His ways are mysterious, right? There's scripture that talk about, says that the secret things belong to the Lord. He says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We understand that there are some unknown things, but everything about God is not mysterious, right? And so instead of knowing what the truth is, and giving us the authority in our life to be able to move forward and live life in victory and to overcome the enemy. The Bible says, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, right? Do y'all know that that's what the word says? And it says, this is the victory that overcomes the world. It says, even our faith. And how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This word. So in our life, this right here is revealing everything that I need to know in this life about God. He wrote it. He demonstrated it through the life of Jesus so that we could know everything there is to know that we need to know in this lifetime in order to live for God, to believe in God, to be victorious in God. It's already been written. It's a manual. Now, if you're like me, of course, I have grown wiser in my age, but used to, I definitely would never read the instructions. I got this. I'm a man. I don't need instructions. Any men in the house in agreement with me? And so I remember we bought a swing set for my oldest daughter for Christmas, and, um, you know, we we waited till the evening before Christmas Eve to put it together because we wanted to surprise her, and I didn't want to surprise her with a box of a swing set. I wanted to surprise her with the swing set, and so I invited my father to come over and to help me. Another man in the mix, and neither one of us We kind of glance, but we're like, this is a swing set. How hard can this be? Now, I'm a mechanical mind. You can put me in many mechanical situations. I can figure that stuff out. I'm built that way, right? But that night, like three hours later, at 32 degrees, Well into the midnight hours, because we started late after they went to bed, right? We've got it put together, and we've got pieces left over, right? Now, I, I could get mad and say, well, this swing set is just stupid, because it doesn't make sense. But the problem is, is they gave me the instructions, and I just failed to read it. It's not that you won't figure anything out. It's how how much is it going to take you to learn it, right, through experience when you could cut to the chase and just learn it through the Word. 
You ever known anybody that it seems like the only way they desire to learn is by beating their head against the wall? It's like, you know, I I know you're telling me this, but I really don't trust you. And I've got to know for myself. (laughs) And the biggest urge of that later on is not to say, I told you so. But I think about things in my life that if I would have listened and I would have applied them sooner, then I would be so much further along at this point in my life. But I failed to apply the wisdom that was given to me earlier on in life. Can anybody relate to that? Right? So I've got this book that God's given me, right? And what it does is it reveals God's actions. Let's just look at a couple of things that it reveals, or a few things. It reveals God's actions. What do you mean by that? Well, we have a historical record of what God did. Go all the way back to Genesis 1-1 and see. You can see how he created the heavens and the earth. You can see how he dealt with man. You can see how he dealt with the curse. You can see how he dealt with the devil. You can see, in other words, we have this historical record of the past of how God did things. And the Bible says in Hebrews, I believe it's 13, 8, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if I know how God acted here, then I know how he's acting now, and I'm going to know how he's going to act in the future. So that tells me something about God. Right? Now, we, we may struggle with that because when we interact with people, just because somebody did something in the past doesn't mean they haven't learned from it and they're not doing something different now. Or it doesn't mean that they won't do, do something different in the future right? But God's perfect. So the way he did things in the beginning, right? The way he's done things through our known history historically is the way that he's doing things and the way he's going to do things. In other words, it's going to match up to what his word says about him. It reveals the actions of God. So now I don't have to worry about what God's going to do tomorrow because I've seen what he did in the past, so that brings comfort to me. You know, when, when I've faced challenges in my life, even well into my adult life, there's been times when I've talked to my father, and my father has said, hey, it's going to be okay. And there's times in, in my life that I needed to hear that and him say it's going to be okay, and I trusted that because I knew that he had the ability to help make sure that it was okay. So there's comfort in those words, right? And so we ought to have comfort in his word because we know that God is consistent. But if I listen to the eye of the the lie of the enemy, it says, well, you know, God is just, you don't know his ways all the time. I may not know exactly how he's going to bring something to pass, but I can know that he is going to bring it to pass. And there should be comfort in that. See, fear, anxiety, that worry comes from what? It always, I'm not talking about good fear, I'm talking about bad fear, but it always comes because it's based on an uncertainty. But I have an uncertainty in His Word. Amen? 
Through his word, I know God's promise. I know his commitment. I know that his covenant. I know what it is towards me. In other words, through his word, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says that all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. So when I go through his word and I find out what God has promised me, that reveals part of who he is. It reveals his character. It reveals part of God to me because I know that if he said it, that he's going to make good of it. And that brings me comfort. That brings me strength. That brings faith into my life to trust him and to walk with him. I can see and watch his promise that he's kept from the beginning of time. I can see that his word is steady and steadfast and that I can put my confidence in it. Another one is is that I can see God's person or his character. I can see his nature. And one of the ways that we see that when you go and read the Old Testament is, is they would give God a name based on what they saw him do. And so you would hear things like um, Jehovah Rapha, it's the Lord who heals. Well, how did he get that name? He got that name because they experienced healing. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. And he's got these names that have been given to him, that have been ascribed to him based on the character of who he is. And so he's not just the Lord who healed once, Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the Lord who heals, and that is in all times. He's the Lord who provides at all times. He's the Lord who delivers at all times. He's the Lord our victory at all times. So now I can begin to see through his word the character of God. I can see his nature. I can see how he's going to respond. God throughout time has always responded in love. But see, we've taken and distorted that love because we forget that he has a nature of righteousness that demands an answer for sin. Now, Jesus is our answer, right? But the Bible says he's the righteous judge. There is a judgment when all this is over that Jesus is going to execute. He's going to stand in judgment, right? He's going to stand in that place. And as believers, we don't have to fear that because we've been washed in the blood. But those that don't know Jesus, those that have rejected him, they're going to have to face it. You see, Jesus had to take on a just punishment for sin. That's what he did. In other words, the Bible says that God looked down. It says that Jesus is our propitiation for sin. What that means is acceptable sacrifice. So God looked down on Jesus and said, hey, I accept the sacrifice. I accept the punishment. I accept what you have endured I accept that so that my righteousness can be given out. So we see God's character and how he does things throughout. We see God's wisdom. We see his instruction, right? 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture, right, is God-breathed. 
or it's given by inspiration of God. Everything that you read in the Word of God that's been written, you say, well, Pastor Rob, that was written by men. Yes, it was written by men, but it was written by the Holy Spirit through men. And the Bible says that it was God-breathed, God-inspired. God was making sure that it was written. And you say, well, Pastor Rob, what about the different accounts between the Gospels and how they... Listen, man always has a part in things. But if you really begin to study it out, you'll understand at a greater depth why the perspective was different. It's like we, we, God's big enough to create the, the earth and the heavens and, and the stars and, and all the things we see, but God couldn't foreshadow to realize that through his word that he would have to make sure it was written for it to endure all of time. You think God overlooked that? I don't think he did. I think we find people just trying to pick a fight Instead of being willing to trust in the Word of God. And no, we know His purpose. We know His, His wisdom. We know His instruction. In other words, my kids, they know for the most part how I feel about certain things. They know my instruction concerning those things. They know the wisdom that, that I've imparted into them about those things. They're not just rules. God didn't give us rules. He gave us wisdom. He gave us instruction. Why? Because he created everything. He knows how every part of it works, and he knows how to overcome or how to succeed, how to make sure that we walk in the fullness of who he is while we're here on this earth, and he's given us the wisdom written in these pages. So we see the wisdom of God. And then we see God's perspective and we see his thoughts. And like I said, I'm not saying we can understand everything, right? Because I'm not God. I'm a son. I'm a child. I've been given the same authority through the name of Jesus because I'm hidden in Christ. But I'm not God. And so, no, I don't always have an answer for everything. I'm on now. But I don't use as, as an excuse to not search out the matter to find out if there is an answer. And sometimes what we do is we make up these reasonings and these excuses and we come up with our idea of what God is like, and we're trying to take this amazing, huge God and, and, and reduce Him to this little gray matter that I have in my skull. And I don't want to serve a God that's just a figment of my imagination. I serve a God who's much bigger. But it doesn't mean that I can't get some of his perspective or I can't understand his thoughts. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, he says, I know the plans. Another translation says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, to give you a hope. Come on, to give you a future, to give you an expected end. You see what I'm saying? So, so I know about my life 
that that's God's thought process. It's not to harm me. It's not to hurt me. It's not to punish me. His thoughts are good. He's a good God. You see what I'm saying? But the enemy, if I don't know that, then the enemy can come to you and he can lie to you and get you to believe something that's not true. And then you begin to build your life upon a lie instead of building it upon the truth. And then we don't understand. Well, I don't understand. Well, let's back up and see what the word says. Doesn't make you a bad person. Come on now. Well, you know, God's just punished. No, He's not punished. He punished Jesus. He's not punishing you. You have an adversary, the devil, right? Who's at work in this world. Who's out to steal, kill, and destroy. He's out to steal from you, to rob from you. So you have an adversary, and your adversary is not God. But neither does that mean you get to just do whatever you want and God's following you around with His little basket of blessing. Oh, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Why? Because we learned before we, we've received His wisdom and instruction. We've got His principles of life that we need to live by. Right? John 6.63 says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And He says, The words that I speak to you are spirit, and He says that they are life. They're spirit and they are life. Listen, the Word of God is not just a historical um, recording of facts. The Word of God, I read to you, is God-breathed. It's inspired by God. And then Jesus said, my words that I'm speaking that are written here, they are spirit and they are life. My words are spirit and they are life. So this word is so much more than me just reading a Bible story. It's so much more than me just reading about history. It's so much more than that. It is spirit and life in nature. There's life in these pages for the person who will read it and allow that life to be imparted to them. And because of that... It's God's life that I can put in my life, in my heart, and then I can speak that out concerning my life. I can walk in the principles of it, and when I do that, the life of God actually is revealed, and the life of God takes place. And it's through His living Word. Hebrews 4.12 says the Word of God is what? Living and powerful. Sharper than a double-edged sword that divides asunder the soul and the spirit. So it helps divide out me in my mind and what my thinking is from what the Spirit of God is telling me, what the Spirit of God is leading me to do, what the Spirit of God is saying. The Holy Ghost, the, the Word of God divides that out. And I can live by the Word. And I can apply these principles but if I look at it as just a simple Bible story or a historical record, 
then if I'm not a person that enjoys history, if I'm not a person that enjoys reading, if I'm not that kind of person, then I won't value or spend time in this. But if I'm a person that's in love with Jesus, and I want to know Him, and I want to walk with Him, and I want to walk in freedom and victory, and I want to walk in what He's provided through His death, burial, and resurrection, if I want that, then I get over the fact that I don't read. I get over the fact that I'm not necessarily a historian. It's, it's more than that. I want to take this into my life because there's life in these pages, and the Holy Spirit has been given to me as a child of God to take everything that the Word of God says, everything that Jesus has promised, everything that the Word has promised, everything that Jesus has done, and the Holy Ghost is there to help bring it alive in me so that I can walk in it, and I can live by it. And I can walk in in the authority that I have in Christ. I can walk and have peace. I can walk and have joy. I can walk and have strength. I'm not saying that we won't ever have moments because we're people that we have a soul and we live in this flesh. And there's times that we have moments where we're frustrated or discouraged. There's times when fear tries to rise up. I'm not saying that we don't have those experiences. What I'm saying is, is that through His Word, I get to stomp out fear in my life. I get to stomp out depression in my life. I get to stomp out the assignment of the enemy against my life. I have something in my resource and available to me for me to be able to push back against the enemy and say, no, devil, you can't have my children. No, you can't have my finances. No, you you can't have my health. No, devil, you can't steal my future. You can't rob from me my dreams. You can't have my calling. You, 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 can't, you can't have my, my peace or, or, or my, my mental stability. You can't have that. Because I've got something that's been promised. I've got something that's been written. I've got something that's been revealed. And the Word of God is eternal. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. He said in Psalm 119, 89, forever, O God, your Word is settled. Think about that. Forever, your Word is settled in heaven. So many times we're trying to take God and take scriptures and pull them out, and we're trying to bend them to our life instead of realizing that the Word of God is a rock and it does not bend. (laughs) Come on. It will not bend, it will not bow, it will not adjust to your life. You either adjust to it or you don't get to walk in the benefits of what it provides. It's forever settled. The Word of God is the truth, right? The Word of God has creative power. Did you know in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? 
It says he was in the beginning with God. Now listen to this next statement. And I'm closing down. All things were made through him. Through who? Through Jesus. Through the word. Jesus, John chapter 1 verse 14, is the word made flesh. So everything that you and I, this whole life, as far as the substance of this earth and the principles and those things, all of that was created by the Word of God. So don't tell me that the Word of God doesn't have any say-so over your life. The Word has all the say-so. Why? Because it's what governs everything that's been created. And so I don't know about you, but for me, that makes me just want to, if I can say it this way, fall in love all over again with the Word, what He's written. Because I want to know more about who He is, His character. I want to know more about what His promises are. I want to know more about what I can expect and all of that is written in these pages. And so I want to know Christ. Jesus said, if you abide in me, well, how do we abide in Christ? Right? How do we abide in it? Well, I go into his word. Why? Because he's the living word. If I abide in Christ, now listen, and his word abides in me, Listen to this promise. He says, you will ask what you will, and it'll be done for you. Well, I've been asking, and God ain't doing nothing. It's because you don't know Him. There's no faith in that statement. You have no confidence in God that He's going to change anything. Well, you don't know what I think. Yeah, I do. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All I got to do is sit and listen to you for a little while, and I'll find out what's in your heart. I'll find out what you truly believe. That's why we want to put this in here so that instead of my brain just popping off, come on now, we all got that. My brain popping off and saying stuff. I want to make sure that my response out of my mouth is the Word of God, that it's on my lips, it's out of my mouth, and I'm saying what God says. I want to line up to what He said. I'm not trying to get Him to line up or overcome what I'm saying. Amen? And the good part is, is that Jesus died for you and me so that my ability to do this is not based on my goodness. Now listen to me. See, God will financially bless you. But He's given principles to govern that blessing. The difference with Jesus is, is I don't have to earn or qualify for that blessing out of my goodness. Jesus is the one who washed me. His blood cleanses me. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? And I think sometimes people feel disqualified is why I'm saying that. And say, well, God's word, that'll work for somebody else because they're, you know, they're always serving and they're doing, you know, and they look at this performance and it has nothing to do with that. There's principles in the word about that, but God's commitment to his word and his faithfulness to his word is there for all that will believe. You're not disqualified. He loves you. Jesus already proved that. The only way that God doesn't disqualify us, the only way that we disqualify ourselves is because we don't take the time to invest the word. I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, you know, in my life, there's times I'm like, God, just download it. <laughs> you know, if you're not a reader, you know, it's like, God, just download it. I want to spend time having to read that. Just, just tell me. Y'all looking at me like you're so holy, right? But I have to invest. Why? Because that's faith in action. It's obedience. Because I'm meditating. I'm hiding the word in my heart and the word is producing. So I want to encourage you, even as, as we're moving forward and things are happening around us in this world and crazy keeps getting crazier and, and things are happening and there's uncertainty. And there's all these things happening around us. I've got a rock. I've got a rock. I've got a promise. I've got a commitment. I've got a covenant. Come on now. And it's not just from somebody. It's from God. It's from Jesus. It's, 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 it's God backing it up and saying, you know what? God says, I don't care what the world's doing. I can still provide for you. I don't care how many sicknesses and diseases are coming across the face of the earth. I'm the God that heals you. I don't care how much confusion there is in this world. Confusion doesn't come from me. I'll give you clarity and wisdom. My word is a lamp unto your feet. It's a light unto your path. I don't care what comes against you because I'm for you. You see what I'm saying? When I understand and I value this and I begin to make this the rock of my life and begin to get to know this and stand, I'm getting to know Jesus. I'm getting to know the Father. I'm getting to know the Holy Ghost. And I can withstand anything and everything that comes my way. Because I'm standing on the rock.